today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Jesus wanted all men to hear about him, no matter where they lived or even their living status, where they were at in life. Remember, these were the low-class people of society, the poor of the poor, the dirty, the people that you feel uncomfortable because they're just in a rough spot of life. But Jesus Christ looked past that because he was obedient about his father's business and he knew by the Spirit of God, I truly believe that he needed to go so that they could hear about him. Pastor Eric shares an interesting, commonly overlooked phrase today. Jesus needed to go to Samaria. It wasn't that Jesus didn't have a choice, and in fact, it was ill-advised to head that direction. But Jesus listened to his Father's directions and spread the news of his love to everyone, despite their status. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled, Lessons from Samaria, Part One. I titled the message this morning, Lessons from Samaria, Part One. Lessons from Samaria, Part One. I say Part One is because my intent was to get through all 42 verses of the story of the woman in Samaria, as we will see, but God had different plans, and so we're going to see the lessons that we can pull from it into our lives today. And so, Lessons from Samaria, Part 1. In the past couple weeks, you guys, we've seen Jesus do some mighty things. We've seen Him, not only in our lives, but we've seen Him in the Word just do these remarkable things, and how He turned the water into wine. He was the discerner of hearts. He was calling the disciples. We saw how Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who came to him by night, and how Jesus explained to him the gift of salvation, the new birth, which is truly remarkable. And then we saw Jesus and his disciples go over to Judea and start baptizing people. And then how John the Baptist and the disciples that were close to John were also close to Jesus and his disciples in the region. And when the Pharisees and the scribes asked John, how do you feel about this man Jesus baptizing and getting all these disciples? And John, I think, gave the most powerful statement recorded so far in what we've read. And John said this about the whole issue. He said, you know what? He must increase and I must decrease. Man, what a great way to respond to that question, huh? When asked, well, how do you feel about Jesus increasing? He's getting more people to follow him than you. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm feeling great because he must increase because he is the Lamb of God. And he is the Savior who brings life. Man, so that's a powerful. And so today, as we roll into chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. And within these verses, we're going to see the following. Uh, Number one, the main focus is there are no borders with God. There are no borders with God. Okay? And because there is no borders with God, we will see the importance of being led by His Holy Spirit. So in a sense... As I was looking at these five verses, we're going to have our eyes tested. Not our physical eyes, but the eyes of our heart today. I don't know about you. Have you ever had your eyes checked? I'm sure you have, right? You go in, you make sure everything's, you're focusing and seeing right. And you know what? I think that's good for our hearts as well. We need to go in for an eye exam of the heart. We need to see if we're seeing through the lens of flesh or if we're seeing through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's just read the first five verses, and then we'll go through it here. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, 
though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So you're like, okay, that's it? <laughs> Five verses, right? Well, in verses 1 and 2, I want to just pull the observation. What do we see? What are we seeing in these first two verses? Well, God knew, Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing more disciples than John. Again, kind of what I mentioned in the beginning there, they knew that he was doing this. And so before the confrontation happened of why and in asking Jesus, Jesus departed to go to Galilee. Why did he do that? Because it was not yet the time for him to have that conversation with the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And so he takes his disciples, and we also see in verse 2 that Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did. Okay? And then verse 3, he departs into going to Galilee. But the verse that kept popping out to me is verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? What is the big deal? Why is it a big deal to go through Samaria? Have you guys ever asked yourself that question? I've read this passage many times, but he needed. It was like he had to. Well, I believe it is because the Holy Spirit was guiding Jesus to go that way. And he had to be obedient to the Spirit of God. See, going through Samaria at this time was a much quicker route to get to Galilee. Okay, so Jesus was in Judea, and he then was being led to go to Galilee to minister once again. Now, the route that the Jews would use, but they would go across the Jordan go around Samaria, and then cross the Jordan again to get up to Galilee. Why did they do that? Well, because they had a heart of prejudice towards the people of Samaria. They didn't like them. And so Jesus could have gone this route, because that is the traditional route. That's what the Jews did. That's what they did, to go this way. But Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Well, it makes sense to go through Samaria because you'll get to Galilee faster. But again, that's not the reason why I believe that he didn't have to go through Samaria. He wasn't looking for a shortcut. He was looking to do God's will. And so, what is the big deal about Samaria? I said that the Jews were prejudiced towards the people of Samaria. Well, what is the big deal with Samaria? Well, some history background, why the Jews avoided this area, is because in the time when the Babylonians came in to conquer Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, they captured almost everyone. They took almost everyone back with them to Babylon, okay? Except those who were the lowest class of society. They didn't want to take them because they didn't want the lowest class of society to come in into Babylon, they didn't want them, so they said, you guys are staying here, we're taking everybody else. And so you have this lower class of people staying in the land, and guess what they did? Over time, they started intermarrying with other people of the land. Okay, and then they started to adopt their style of worship. And so the Jews who were left intermarried with the Gentile people and interweave pagan superstition into their beliefs. These people were founded in the law of Moses, okay? That's where their foundation was at. But when the rest of the tribe was gone, they started to adopt in different beliefs. 
And so they had a buffet of beliefs, in a sense. Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. And so they started having children, and guess what? They formed their own region, and that is Samaria, okay? And so the Samaritans, in the eyes of the Jews, were half-breeds. Half-breeds. They were even worse than the Gentiles to them because they had the root, they had the foundation, but they went away from that foundation to adopt the pagan views. And so they didn't want anything to do with these people. They were like, in a sense, just outcasts. They would cross the Jordan River twice to get away from these people. Pretty intense, huh? So Jesus had to go through Samaria simply because of this reason. They needed to hear about him. That's why Jesus Christ went into Samaria, because they needed to hear about him. Because here they have started to hear the promises of God through the law of Moses. And so God says, you know what? Jesus, I need you to go there to reveal yourself to them. And Jesus was obedient. He went. He had to go. And so Jesus wanted all men to hear about him. And no matter where they lived or even their living status, where they were at in life. Remember, these were the low-class people of society, the poor of the poor, the dirty, the people that you feel uncomfortable because they're just in a rough spot of life. But Jesus Christ looked past that because he was obedient about his father's business, and he knew by the Spirit of God, I truly believe that he needed to go so that they could hear about him about being the Lamb of God. And so, as I mentioned earlier, the word prejudice comes to mind to me with the thought process of the Jews towards the people of Samaria. Prejudice can mean an unfavorable opinion or feeling formed beforehand or without knowledge, thought, or reason. Any preconceived opinion or feeling, either favorable or unfavorable. Now, most often, man links the word prejudice to an ethnic group. I mean, at least in my opinion, I, I see, whenever I hear the word prejudice, I think, oh, do they not like that group of people? You know, maybe I'm just so simple-minded, I don't know, but that's what I usually link the word prejudice to. But the thing is that looking at the definition of what prejudice is, in one way or another, most people are prejudiced in some way. Some way, somehow, okay? Yes, maybe it's towards a race of people, but usually it's something, a thing, a place, a region of land. It can even be a store, <laughs> you know, where you don't want to go. It's a place or a thing, or maybe you're prejudiced towards something that you like, and you won't have anything else but that. Maybe that's coffee, Okay, for me, I guess I'm a little prejudiced towards Starbucks because I, I love Starbucks. It's not that I like what they stand for, but I like their coffee. Okay, whatever. The point being, though, is that we have that prejudice. You know, if you're looking at the definition, we all have that prejudice feeling towards something. Maybe, though, you guys... You are prejudiced towards people. I don't know. But the flesh of man is usually prejudiced towards something, somewhere or someone in life. And I mentioned earlier, for me, I'm, I'm prejudiced towards a certain store. 
I don't like going to Walmart. And if you work at Walmart, I'm sorry, but I just don't like going there, okay? For me personally, I don't know why. It's that unreasonable thought, right? That stupid thought. I have a preconceived opinion of unfavorableness towards Walmart. And that's stupid, but that's just, I have this thing, this opinion, and, and I'd rather go to Safeway and pay the extra dollar to buy my groceries. <laughs> I'm just being real, okay? This is just being real, okay? Okay, I got that off my chest. <laughs> it's goofy and stupid, but it's a form of prejudice, okay? And I must not have that, and we'll see why here in a second, okay? But the point being is that man puts borders around everything. We put borders around everything. I only go there, or I don't go there. I interact with this group of people, and I don't interact with that group of people. I don't go to that country. I only stay in this country. The list could go on and on, <laughs> right? But what if we didn't see borders? What if, what if we didn't see borders? What would it look like if we were led by God's spirit in everything we did? Everywhere we went and everybody that we interacted, what would that look like? You know, it would be amazing. It would be powerful. I don't even think we have the words to describe what it would be like. Well, I do. It would be like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus didn't have these borders. He had to go to Samaria. And he took his disciple. He took his crew with him. And I'm sure that they felt uncomfortable, which we will see hopefully next week, but we don't know. We could be in chapter 4 for the rest of the year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the point being is that God does not have borders. God is everywhere. So check out what the Lord says through the Jeremiah the prophet. It says this, Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? says the Lord. Here's the thing, you guys. There is no borders. There is no restraints of God. God is everywhere. And you can't hide from God. God is present. He's even in the places where you don't want to go. And guess what that means to me? God is even in Walmart. <laughs> He's there. And so we must not be concerned with borders. And we need to go wherever the Spirit leads us to go. And so wherever God is telling you to go, go, because he's going to do something great and mighty. The Apostle Paul, you guys, lived his life this way. He was led by the Holy Spirit. An example of this is found in Acts chapter 16, when the Holy Spirit forbid Paul to go to Asia. Paul wanted to go to Asia to spread the gospel, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go to Macedonia. And so instead of following through with his own desires, his own thoughts, he then says, okay, I'm heeding your counsel, I'm humbling myself, and I'm going to now heed the direction of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to Macedonia. And don't you know that God did amazing work in Macedonia? And I would encourage you to read that this week. See what God did. Don't take my word for it. Dive into the word yourself and study it yourself. But people came to faith in Jesus Christ. There is no borders with God. Example for me in the past few days, I took my family to Mexico, to the orphanage. Now, some people might think I'm crazy, taking my children, who range from the ages of 10 to the age of 2, to a foreign country. It's not safe. 
They might get sick. They could get kidnapped. All these things could happen. They weren't even saying anything about my wife, but the concern is my children. The thought process behind this is, is that, you know, there's that restriction by man. Don't take your family across the border. It's insane. Don't do it. Now, I thought personally that I was going down to celebrate a birthday of one of the girls. Her name is Denise. Okay? She's turning 15. And 15 in the Mexican culture is a big deal. Okay? And so she doesn't have a family. And so the Lord just led us to go down there to celebrate with her for her birthday. Right? Just to go show her the love of Christ and to take her gifts. And that was our thought process, huh? We thought we were going to Mexico just for that. It's just a simple trip. Overnight, come back. But God had more. God had so much more, you guys. And God (laughs) started with me. What do you mean? He had more for me. Because I've been battling with my asthma. And so I've even gone to the doctor many times because it's just been such a pain, you know, and and just seeking, okay, what do I do? Get rid of this thing, you know? And so going down there, one of the ladies down there, the pastor, Pastor Otulo said, hey, she's been known, the Lord has blessed her sometimes with the gift of healing. And God just put it on my heart, ask her for prayer. Okay. She prayed over me, you guys. And, you know, I believe that God is healing me or has healed me, you know? (laughs) And as powerful as that is, God didn't stop. Then all of a sudden, these girls came in, and this woman who was battling with drugs for 20 years left her husband of abuse and came to the orphanage where her daughter's at and says, God does not want me in there anymore, and I've come back. And a week ago, she accepted Christ as her Savior. And then, praise God, and then on, while we're down there, She's asking to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The same thing that Jesus said that he offers in Acts chapter 1. He brings the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so here this woman is saying, I want that power. I want, his, I want to be overfilled with his Holy Spirit. And I want him to fill, overflow my life. And so Pastor Rotulo goes, Pastor, you pray for her. I'm like, okay. So I thought I was going down for a birthday party, you know. But here I'm praying for this woman, and she receives the Holy Spirit, and she is just like overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And then Pastor Artulo says, hey, pray for this girl. And I'm like, what's going on? She doesn't know Jesus. Share the gospel with her. She's been in orphanages her whole life. And you could tell by her spirit, you know, she was just, there's anger and there's no joy. And so we sit down and start sharing the gospel and she receives Christ. And then two other girls come and they sit down and he goes, they want to hear too. I'm like, okay, what time is dinner at? You know, because, <laughs> what, I mean, this is getting later in the hour. Well, there is no time frame in Mexico. Let me just throw that out right now. Okay, which is fine. It's a little uncomfortable for us Americans, but down there it's all good. And I'm learning that that's all good, okay? Not to always be so rigid, which we need to be not. Anyway, so I share the gospel with these two other girls, and they receive Christ. And so it's like, you guys, it is just amazing, right? 
So God is just doing this huge thing. But if I would have just stayed back and I would have been afraid to go over the border, God wouldn't have been able to use me for that blessing. And my family. Not only that, then my son Landon, okay, he's running around with one of the neighborhood girls, not even one of the girls at the orphanage, and she's a little, how old do you think? She's three years old. Okay, she's staying with her grandma. She doesn't have any other siblings, no other brothers. She has never had a brother. And here's my son carrying her on her shoulders, playing with her. And her grandma says to Nicole, this is huge for her. She's like, your son has really ministered to my granddaughter. And so here my son thought he was going down to eat cupcakes. (laughs) But yet God had a plan for him. And so God (laughs) did an amazing work. And as I'm sitting in the chair, Pastor Artulo, not even, it wasn't even crossing my mind, but he looks at me, he goes, this is why God brought you here. This is why God brought you here. And so I thought I was going again for that birthday party, but it wasn't. God had more for us. That's the point, you guys. We must not look at life with the lens of flesh. When we look through the lens of flesh, we see borders, we see restrictions, but we must not look at life through those lenses. We need to look through the lens of Christ. I don't, it's not Samaria to me because I wanted to go. We as believers of Jesus Christ, we should not have borders or restrictions stopping us to do the work of God. Why? Because God indwells you. Because there are no borders or restrictions with God. If there is no restrictions with God and he indwells you, then we must be open to wherever he wants to take you. Because how much are you missing because you are hung up with your flesh and not being led by the Holy Spirit? How much do we miss when we are hung up on ourselves? For me personally, I know that I've probably missed a lot. And that's breaks my heart, but God is a graceful God and he's a merciful God. And today he's given me a new opportunity to not miss out on those opportunities. And yeah, I've missed out because of my stupid flesh and because of my own prejudice. But God, again, he is so merciful, so forgiving. And I just praise him because I know that my heart's desires, I don't want to miss these things anymore. I don't want to miss where God is wanting to use me potentially to ministry. As I said on Wednesday night, there's nothing by chance. And so whatever God puts you in, wherever he takes you, look for the blessings of God. Look for the reason why you're there. Because there's a reason why God has you there. And a reason why you're talking to that person. So how does one going about being led by the Holy Spirit? Well, first thing is, you guys, is this is the major thing, is that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can't be led by him. Because you don't know him. But he wants you to know him, and today is the day of salvation. If you don't know him, just submit to him and just say, you know what, I don't fully understand you, but you know what, I believe that you are Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that God, you raised him from the dead, and I'm willing to repent for my sins and put my faith into you, O God, and leave the transformation to Jesus. He will then start working in your life. After you've received Christ, now it's being filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek His love and hope for your own life. Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. 
If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, we'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.